The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? But do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Dead of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. So, this episode brings us into the month of August. August. Know what that means? The year is almost over. Praise Merlin. Fuck 2020. (laughs) Yes. And it's all your fault, Claire. All your fault, you witch. I. Okay. Number one, whoever recorded their screen (laughs) to correct me saying that there was going to be a new plague. Number one, I think it is very important that everybody know that when I write, I'm sorry, in all caps, it really sounds like, I'm sorry, but that doesn't quite come across in text, so I wanted you all to know that when I text, I'm sorry, in all caps, that is actually what it sounds like in my head, but in, I did know at the time that COVID-19 existed, and I did know that it was spreading across China. I did not realize it was going to keep me working from home through the end of the year at the time, or that everywhere I went, everybody would be wearing masks, which I appreciate, but also a little bit weird, like not what I'm used to seeing. It's a, it's an adjustment, but I got some really cute ones though. I needed to get a nice one because I'm going to an event, so like. It's pretty. I'll put it on. Yeah, I was going to say that's upside down. Shut up. It's upside down. But look, it's like white and gold with roses. I need to like pin it on the sides though so it fits more form fittingly. I need to. Can a tailor take in a mask? Oh my God. I already had to pull the ears in because it was too big. It didn't fit over my dainty, dainty little face. Also. Somebody, what, what, ah, fuck, I did that box came out of nowhere and I just hit my hand on it. The box came out of nowhere. Yeah, last week it was a book, this week it's a box. Anyway, I would like to know what it is about me that everybody assumes I'm tall. Because I have now gotten that from a couple of the podcast listeners as well as other people in my life. And they're like, I always assumed you'd be taller. And I'm like, I'm five foot two. I am not tall. I am nobody's definition of tall. I don't know. I mean, my parents did that old wives tale thing where you do something with math and I'm supposed to be six foot and I'm not so <laughs> you are not six feet tall. no I am not <laughs> to be fair my mom is only like five feet even so like there were not high hopes for my height oh get it high God. hopes I crack myself up anyway um 
we should probably get into the podcast itself. Also, fair warning, my husband is not currently in the house, but he will be at some point during the course of this recording, I am certain, which means at some point during this recording, my dogs are going to go absolutely apeshit. So, I apologize in advance. But, cat, what happened was... Okay, so, they got a new Defense Against the Dark Arts professor and he's a cocksucker yes he is because well first off she was having flashbacks to umbridge when she entered this class which yes she's annoying anyway so she was having some flashbacks there and then she was kind of arguing with the guy for a few minutes there about certain things and then he started picking on remus about his dad and all that stuff. So that wasn't fun. That had to be some kind of like, um, I don't know what you would call that. Some kind of broken rules. But that was mean because he's a butt face. And then eventually I started cracking up for whatever reason because my brain decided you are 12 years old and you're going to think all of this is funny. <laughs> and Maya really wanted to get down and journey with Rebus, but he was like, no. And she's just like, come on, really? He's like, no. I'm just like, oh my god. Anyways, and they also found the room of requirements, and then they got mad that she didn't tell them that she knew that it existed. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, but if you would have told them, there would have been a lot more questions. So that's not what this is about at the moment. And then they basically started to form what would later be Dumbledore's Armay. Except in this year, it is called Assisted Defense. So instead of DA, it's AD. Yes, but eventually it will be Dumbledore's Armay. Yes, it Why will Why am I saying Armay? <laughs> Dumbledore's Armay. It's French. For Gile. Must be Italian. Yeah, right. Also, I would like to make it clear that you can't see it, but I have a comforter on my chair because I get cold sometimes. And Sophie, the dog we are watching for the next month or two, has decided to crawl under my seat, somehow put her head on my foot because my foot's kind of like kicked back. So like her head is on my foot holding it there. So now I can't move it. And she's like laid down underneath my chair, but I can't see her because there's a comforter in the way. The only thing I see is a little black and white tail that's like just wagging a little bit. And I'm pretty sure that that little crouching tiger dog you see is my dog who's about to be a fucking asshole and make her bark. But we will see. We will uh, play this out, see how this works. And uh, his tail is wagging. (laughs) He's so cute. (laughs) Anyway. The dead of time. I should probably open the fanfic app on my phone. That would probably be helpful. (laughs) <laughs> well guys oh, today we are going to change it up and we are going to read some random facebook article yay <laughs> honestly most of the news articles today are stranger than fiction so you know yes like that one i read about some guy in florida who was like i only drank at the stop signs not while i was driving 
I did learn that in Tennessee, it is 100% legal to drink in a car as long as you're not the one driving. So everyone else can imbibe. Interesting. Uh Uh-huh. You should ride around with an open beer in the car. It's great. Or, or in my case, with a wine glass <laughs> in the cup holder. Why are you crying at books? Your hair you can't is crazy. Even like it's been sitting in a mess. Anybody ever see the second Zoolander where uh, what's his face has the white curls in the front of his hair? That's what she looks like right now, except her hair brown. Yep, yep, that's uh, that's messy bun hair. Thanks for calling me out. Well, it's, it's dist- Corona hair. It's distracting me. It's Corona hair. It's a real thing. How can I be Chrissy Teigen and give my colorful commentary if I'm distracted? <laughs> that's better. I literally have hair sticking straight up and straight out, and her response is. That's better. Yeah, because that's more acceptable. (laughs) I'm going to hex you in your entire bloodline. Anyway. uh (laughs) Dishonor on your family, dishonor on your cow. (laughs) I find, so I was actually talking about that movie the other night. I know, I know. We'll read read in a minute. But no, I mentioned Mulan because I forget what we were doing, but I was like, damn, kind of want to watch Mulan now. So the other day I wasn't feeling too hot because, you know, female things, World War Three going on in the downstairs. And what happens? But Jimmy brings me over lunch and then I was like, you can put whatever you want on the TV. What does he put on? Mulan. God, what a good man. Sorry. Humble husband, Brack. When I feel bad, he plays Mulan for me. Okay. Anyway, and then I use that to win trivial pursuit. Anyway, the dead of time. Chapter 41. Cue to leave. Hold on. I have to move your face because if I stick my face into my box, you're... That's inappropriate. <laughs> I want to make sure I can see your face while I'm reading. Anyway, the dead of How time. How is this going to work with wherever we're in the <laughs> same room together? This is going to be very strange. Oh! <gasps> That's happening in November. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my God, guys, it's going to happen because I'm finally going home. <laughs> but, yeah, no, we are faux show recording. Yes. Oh, oh my. Oh, my God. Max, <laughs> go away. <laughs> no, you don't have to go to the bathroom. You just went. Oh my god, you're so fucking cute right now. <laughs> He's like, bye, bitch. Anyway. <clears throat> okay, for the 15,000th time. Anyway, dead of time. Chapter 41, Cue to Leave. October 24th, 1975. I don't have a happy thought, Maya. Sirius snapped as the two faced off against one another inside the room of requirement a week before Halloween. The assisted defense group, which Maya was still struggling not to mentally refer to as the Dumbledore's army, excelled at disarming, though it took some of the younger students a little longer than the rest. 
Remus helped everyone catch up with spells they should have perfected during their first four years at Hogwarts, and James and Sirius had been helping Maya handle the pairing for duels where both boys shone. Maya had taken it upon herself to begin teaching the Patronus charm. Try harder, Sirius. You have happy memories. I know you do. She insisted and watched as he struggled to maintain the smallest silvery, uh, silvery wisp at the end of his wand. I do not, he said, admitting defeat. Fucking Higgs has me in detention every bloody Friday, which means I'm not allowed to go to the Halloween ball. The dance was not something Maya was particularly excited about. She knew it was all a ploy on the staff's part to try and distract the students from the fact that the wizarding world was on the brink of war. Girls everywhere must be devastated, she said dryly, rolling her eyes. They are, Sirius pouted like a child as he moved back into the corner to sit beside his best friend, James, considered the best in the group, and Frank, who had become quite quick on his feet during weeks of exclusive dueling training, were taking a break. You doing okay, Lily? Maya approached her friend, who was struggling uh, with her Patronus. So far, no one had been able to create a corporeal one, save for Maya, whose silvery fox danced around the room playfully, interacting with everyone except for Peter, who nervously shied away from it. Lily frowned, clenching her wand with determination. Having a hard time thinking of happy thoughts. Everything from Hogwarts feels blurry, like time's going too fast. It's hard to focus on one thing and everything before Hogwarts. Severus, Maya whispered. Looking to be on the verge of tears, Lily nodded, turning away to wipe her eyes. He was my best friend, Maya. How could he be friends with Mulciber and Avery? After what they did to Mary, he still hangs around with them, and I'm not naive to, enough to think that he doesn't know what, when the Caros are up to something. Maya knew how this story began and ended. A lonely half-blood boy and a confused muggle-born girl met and became friends. Hogwarts separated them into different houses, and somehow the influence of others ruined everything. The boy grew bitter and dark, while the girl remained bright and joyful. There would be a great deal of hurt, pain, and love lost. By the end of the story, the main characters would be dead. Do you know what I think? Lily looked back at her. Of course. I trust your advice. Maya thought of Draco, her own bullying, wayward Slytherin. I think just because a boy can be cruel, hurtful, and unbelievably stupid doesn't mean that he won't grow up to be a good man. But, she hesitated, worrying her bottom lip between her teeth. He's still a boy and therefore can be cruel, hurtful, and unbelievably stupid. You're my friend, and I don't want you to be the one he hurts. Lily nodded, looking slightly mollified. Thanks. Don't be afraid to make new happy memories. Easy for you to say, Lily chuckled, using her wand to gesture across the room. I'm not the one who has the lusty eyes of a werewolf staring at me, she whispered, and Maya leveled her with a stern look. Don't worry. I've known about Remus since first year. Kept his secret this long, haven't I? Thank you. About keeping the secret, not calling my boyfriend's eyes lusty. Maya laughed and turned around to spot Remus staring at her intently. Go, Lily urged her with a giggle. 
See if you can't help Remus find his happy thought. You're awful, Maya rolled her eyes and moved to join Remus. It's getting there, he said when she approached, redirecting his focus on his wand as it struggled to hang on to the silvery wisp it was emitting. Can't think of anything too happy. Prongs is right there. He gestured to James, who was in the corner, consoling a bitter Sirius who was still pouting with his arms folded over his chest. What's your happy thought? Maya asked, wrapping her arms around her boyfriend's waist from behind, snuggling her cheek into his back, breathing in his wonderful scent of parchment and grass. The scent was calming, grounding, and she was sure she could summon a Patronus just by breathing him in. Happy thoughts? Well, there's Hogsmeade Station, the woods out behind my house, Remus said with a grin and added, Broom cupboards? Broom cupboards make me very happy. She smacked him lightly on the arm. Happy thoughts, not frustrating thoughts. He wrapped one arm around her waist and pulled her flesh up against him. Oh, are you frustrated, Miss Potter? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Because you keep having your dad's voice in your head. You're gonna turn her into a werewolf. You drinking pee? <laughs> it's Mountain Dew. Ew. You have no idea. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Blaze was texting me. But anyway, all right, so cutting back in. He wrapped one arm around her waist and pulled her flush up against him. Oh, are you frustrated, Miss Potter? You have no idea, Mr. Lupin. Now, stop flirting, do the charm. Focus on something less anticipatory. Something from the past, she said with a helpful smile as she pulled away from him. That's easy then, Remus said quietly and then looked ahead. Expecto Patronum. Unlike the struggling wisps everyone else was having trouble with, a silver wolf fluidly formed out of the end of Remus's wand to stand tall and regal in front of the group. Whoa! Did you see what Lupin did? That's amazing! It's a wolf, Remus said, his expression tense and confused. A Patronus is a manifestation of who we are, the purest part of us. Maya placed her hand on his arm and watched as he struggled with her words and the image of the wolf in front of him. This is who you are, Remus. So I'm an otter, because that's what it said I am. I'm an otter. I build dams. That's beavers, cat. Otters don't build dams. They crack clams against their chest with rocks. How? They don't build dams. Dams, that's beavers. Oh, I, I take a clam and think, ow! That does not feel good. Why would you do that? You confused otters and beavers. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like me to tell the people all the things that you have done? Probably not. Okay, mixing up Matthew McConaughey with... Bradley Cooper is an understandable mistake. They're both blonde hair and blue-eyed white men. Whatever. At least I didn't mix up, mix up Robert 
uh, De Niro and Al Pacino. Whatever. They're both old guys. <laughs> Aw, Al Pacino. Cat, that's Robert De Niro. <laughs> At least I didn't. What was that thing you told me you said that one time? It was like the, the two foot, 300 pound man or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two foot tall, 600 pound <laughs> man instead of a six foot tall, 200 pound man. <laughs> the picture of, because then my friend was like, that's so funny, I need to draw it. And she said, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i kept that drawing for like five years i'm so mad i finally lost <laughs> so i'm an otter apparently i crack shells on my chest say it with your chest yeah anyway i did have time <laughs> Go build a dam. I will build a dam. I'll build a damn blanket fort. That's not who I am. He shook his head and withdrew his wand. The Patronus vanished into mist. You are the wolf the same way I am the fox. I imagine James and Sirius's Patronus will echo their forms as well. Stop trying to separate the two of you, she pleaded, taking his face into her hand, staring deep into his beautiful green eyes. I love the wizard and the wolf. I love the witch and the fox, he replied with a silly grin on his face, although it looked a little forced. As long as you don't call me Foxy, she said after a quick kiss. As long as you go to the Halloween ball with me next week, he replied with a grin. One condition. We come back here at the end of the dance. Here? Remus raised a brow and smirked. Are you wanting to duel your date? This room can turn into anything we ask it to. Maya swallowed. Her eyes focused and serious as she stared up at him. Remus slowly nodded, but his lips formed a nervous tight line and she could practically see the wheels in his head spinning quickly. Stop thinking too hard. You're one to talk. The only reason I don't get to lecture you on overthinking things is because I'm sure you do all of your stressing in private, collecting yourself so you can impose your thoughts on my unsuspecting brain. He finished with a laugh. I just like the way you blush, love, Maya said sweetly. What memory did you use to conjure the Patronus? The river. The first time with all of us out behind your orchards. Perfect day. All of my friends. He let out a relaxed breath and put an arm around her shoulders. You in a swimming costume. Everybody seemed happy. It was a good day. Plus, Sirius was eavesdropping on you while you were getting ready, and he heard you telling the girls that you fancied me. He chuckled and fought her when she struggled to get out of his grip. She glared across the room at Sirius. I'll kill him. Dun, dun, dun. Kat, I just realized what this episode is. Oh, God. We have to record again tomorrow. Oh, gee. But Hannah Beth won't have to edit it because it's going to be a live show.
for the Patreons. Oh, Lord. I'm 99% positive it's this. Uh, But I don't want to look pretty. (laughs) The longer I stay home, the more hopeless I look. I lied. I lied. I lied. It's next week. It's next week. Okay, good. We're okay. We have time. But we're getting close. I'm excited. You're gonna blush. Brown chicken, brown cow. Chicken, brown cow. Brown chicken, brown cow. Chicken, brown cow. Cue the saxophone. I wasn't about to do some Kenny G shit. Girl. What? I know who Kenny G is. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Careless Whisper. Okay. What about it? You need to go educate your ears. Well, there are a few things I need to educate and my ears are not one of them. Anyway, did of time. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I was just going with it. Just, we'll just skate right over that. Pretend that didn't happen. October thirty first, nineteen seventy five. Maya's flowing. The bow dice was soft and loose. What? Maya's flowing lilac-colored dress hung in smooth layers around her legs. The bodice (laughs) was soft and loose, and the multiple straps holding it in place were thin, showing off the golden hue of her shoulders. God damn it. You're the worst. (laughs) What's a bow dice? Well, I feel like I don't talk a lot, so I have to make up things to fill the time. <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> Bow dice. <laughs> here. Oh, God, your nose is so cold. Just for the record, I know it says bodice. I was just trying to be funny. I fucking hate you. I almost I bought that. I was like, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Fuck you. There are two things in this world that I hate. Racists and homophobes and everybody else under that umbrella. And mispronounced words. Actually, there are three things you hate. And one of those is pandas. Goddamn fucking pandas. I hate pandas. hate spiders too. Fucking spiders. I hate spiders. Yes. Yeah. Also, so cherry flavored anything. Message, and and like, red colored Sour Patch Kids. Sour Patch, I know. I, like, she used to throw them in my popcorn. We'd be sitting in a movie and I'd be like, what the crap is this? <laughs> red Sour Patch Kids. I don't like them. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy loves eating Skittles with me because I won't eat the red or the purple ones. Or the gre- They took the green and they made it apple. It used to be lime and delicious and now it's 
apple. I'm sorry. I had mixed I have a chocolate lot of feelings. me the other day. That was delicious. Ooh, yeah, the Kit Kats. Mm. I got a text message the other day, and it was like, if you don't like races, show me your boobs. And I'm just like... <laughs> well... I mean, it is true that I do not like racists, but... Mm-mm. <laughs> I can prove that in other ways, friend. Okay. <sighs> The bow dice was soft enough. <laughs> See, I'm like those old people that like say whatever they want because they know they can get away with it. So I'm very convincing because with my disability, I could just pretend like I actually feel that that's, that's what it says, but I don't because that's what it is. You know got what me. I mean? You got me, partner. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Maya's flowing lilac-colored dress hung in smooth layers around her legs. The bodice was soft and loose, and the multiple straps holding it in place were thin, showing off the golden hue of her shoulders. She let her hair go, different from the way that she'd confined it during the Yule Ball in her original fourth year, using only a ruby-encrusted gold comb to hold back her rich curls. Remus loved when she left her hair wild and often expressed how he felt in control when his fingers were buried in their depths, so she was all too willing to forgo the sleek-easy's hair potion for the night. She walked down the stairs from the girls' dormitory and smiled at the sight of her boys in the common room. Sirius was missing, of course, forced into detention with Professor Higgs as he had been every Friday night that month, writing lines, washing chalkboards, and even polishing the professor's shoe collection. James and Remus churned from their place at the foot of the stairs to look up as Maya descended towards them. Merlin, Remus whispered. His lingering gaze burned her skin. She was certain that if she broke eye contact and looked down, she would see a brand on her flesh anywhere he was looking. She blushed under the intensity of his eyes and almost entirely missed the fact that her brother was staring open-mouthed at something behind her. Maya turned and smiled as she watched Lily walk down the stairs wearing a brilliant shade of green to match her eyes. Her long red hair had been curled at the ends, pulled to one side, and tied with a simple gold ribbon. We'll see you all down there, Lily said with a smile for Maya as she linked arms with Mary and left. James stared after her. You really aren't going to attack her verbally? Embarrass her over how she looks? Maya asked, but James just shook his head side to side slowly, staring at the door long after the porch closed behind Lily. Jamie, you're not going to go and tell Lily how pretty she looks? There aren't words, James whispered. They should have sent a poet. Remus groaned and nudged James in the ribs. Ugh, knock it off, man. You're upstaging me here. He held Maya close, his hands tenderly resting on her waist. You, my witch, are a vision. Lilac is a very good color on you. Maya's smile dropped for a moment, and her breath caught as she remembered dancing with future Remus at Bill and Floor's wedding, wearing another lilac dress and hearing him tell her those same words. 
She couldn't help but wonder if she had picked this dress out specifically because of that. She let out a shaky breath, and her smile returned as she looked him over, trying to push the past, or future, as it were, from her mind. And you, she leaned up and kissed his cheek, my handsome wizard, are simply dashing in dress robes. James cleared his throat. <clears throat> Maya rolled her eyes and in a sardonic, dry tone said, Oh, Jamie, you are the very definition of dapper. She chuckled as James preened like a peacock under the compliments. In fact, if you weren't my brother... <clears throat> James grimaced and flinched away from her like he had been scalded. Maya giggled, burying her laughs in Remus's arms. You always take things too far, Maya. James stormed away from her to the sofa where he lifted something from the cushions. Where's your date, Jamie? Maya asked, leaning into Remus's embrace, relishing the warmth of his arms around her. No date. Even Peter ditched me to go with some witch from Hufflepuff. I'm going stag. Ha 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 ha. Thank you. Remus and Maya both groaned as James grinned at his pun. That was funny. He walked back to them, a large bottle in his hands, and summoned three shot glasses that flew toward him from a corner of the room behind an armchair. Courtesy of dear Padfoot, who shall be with us in spirit tonight. Maya shook her head, but accepted the shot of fire whiskey after James poured. Leave it to Sirius to cause problems and not even be there for it. I still don't know how he can drink this stuff she said, before tossing it back and shivering as the liquid burned its way down her throat and settled in her stomach, warming her body instantly. It'll be easier when it's mixed in with punch. You will not, Maya scolded him with wide eyes. I'm under a marauder's oath to do as much damage as possible in my best friend's stead. James shrugged his shoulders and then patted Remus on the back. Don't worry, my perfect pristine prefect. I'll do it when you're not looking. Your virtuous reputation will remain intact. Unfortunately, so will yours, Remus said with a wry grin. If Lily sees you spiking the punch, you're going to wake up missing bollocks. If I wake up next to Evans, I'm willing to risk it, James said, waggling his eyebrows before leaving the common room with the bottle tucked in his robes. Remus chuckled. Is it sad that I almost hope he succeeds? Poor Lily. He won't succeed. Not yet. He smiled and nuzzled the side of her neck, leaving a trail of soft kisses along her skin that felt like fire in his wake. You really do look lovely. Maya whimpered under his touch, certain that she would be a t pile of ashes come morning. When his lips touched her pulse point, she felt the fire whiskey in her belly ignite while, at the same time, Remus breathed in deep and let out a vibrating growl against her skin that only made the flames burn hotter. Her cheeks flushed when she realized he had smelled her. Do you want to skip the dance? She could feel Remus's movement still and knew he was trying to collect himself and calm down. His eyes flashed gold as he swallowed. No. You... Looking like you do, smelling like you do. I'm going to need a few cups of James's special punch to dull away a few of my more primal senses. 
He leaned in and kissed her cheek before taking her hand and grinning. Plus, I want the whole of Hogwarts to see how pretty my witch is. When they arrived in the Great Hall, Maya smiled at the decorative pumpkins that lined the walls. As usual, there were candles lit above them, hovering in midair. Though the weird sisters were not in attendance, or born yet, for all Maya knew, there was a nice instrumental band playing in the corner of the room. Before she even had a chance to wonder about being asked, Remus swept her out onto the dance floor, wrapping her in his arms and swaying to the music. She laughed at his bold move and smiled up at him as he draped one hand round her waist, the other laced with her fingers. The moment their eyes connected, he brought their entwined hands together and brushed his lips against her knuckles. She swallowed hard and closed her eyes, wondering why every moment of life could not be this wonderful. Don't mean to cut in, Lily said as she approached them, but we're supposed to dance next. She gestured to Remus and herself before offering an apologetic look to Maya. Professor Dumbledore's idea. The head boy and girl, and then each set of prefects. Go ahead. I'll go find Jamie and see how much trouble he's getting in. Maya chuckled as Lily rolled her eyes and took Remus away by the hand. Maya made her way around a few tables that had been set up on the edge of the large dance floor. She saw Alice and Frank dancing close together. Mary was being adored at the other end of the hall by a small group of Hufflepuffs trying to get on her dance card. Otto Bagman stood next to her with Davy Gudgeon, who was wearing an eye patch after he'd gotten too close to the Whomping Willow a few days ago. Electo Caro was on the arm of Mulciber, and Amicus was missing, banned from attending the dance like Sirius had been, after he'd been caught hexing a third year by Professor Sprout. Alora Zabini was being scolded by Professor McGonagall for snogging her current boyfriend, Adrian Abbott, her third victim that year. She was still wearing a locket given to her by her last beau, who was currently nursing a broken arm after someone cursed his broom, knocking him off of it mid-quidditch practice. Snape sat alone in the corner, pouting and glaring at the dance floor, while Remus whispered something in Lily's ear, so she tilted her head back, laughing. The sight made Maya smile, knowing that the two were just friends, but the hateful look on Snape's face made her pause on her way towards James, who was lingering suspiciously by the punch bowl. "'Are you even going to bother asking her to dance?' Maya asked Snape. "'I don't know what you're referring to.' "'Oh, please. You can't even answer that without taking your eyes off of her. You have no right to sit back and pout that she's not with you when you ha don't have the courage to get up and ask her to dance yourself.' Perhaps it's not jealousy, in fact, that lights my anger. Snape turned and glared at her. Lily is more than free to dance with whomever she pleases. I do, however, have a problem with her dancing with whatever she pleases. Maya's eyes darkened and her jaw twitched. I would be very careful if I were you, Snape. I have no problem smacking that sneer right off your face. Again. She felt a tug on her hand, spinning around involuntarily until she hit something hard. She looked up at the grinning face of Sirius, who moved quickly to the dance floor. Sorry, you look like you needed a save from Snivellus over there. He smirked, looking her over. I'd hate for his greasy hair to stain your pretty dress. She laughed as he dipped her dramatically. What are you doing here? You're going to get in so much trouble. 
I came to dance with the prettiest girl in the whole school. But, seeing as Remus seems to be keeping her occupied, I settled for you. He laughed as she slapped his shoulder. You really didn't think I'd miss this, did you? I can't stay long, though. I'm almost done writing 1,000 lines of, I will not be taught by stupid snakes. <laughs> Maya gasped. You didn't. Oh, he's not actually going to read them. Sirius rolled his eyes. Do I smell fire whiskey? Did prongs actually do it? No. Well, probably, she admitted, and looked over her shoulder as she watched her brother consume a large cup of punch before subtly walking away from the table, disappearing into the crowd. We actually all had a drink before we came to the dance. Sweet little innocent Maya drinking fire whiskey and shagging werewolves. Sirius tutted as he spun her around. What is the world coming to? What? We aren't. I. We haven't. I'm just teasing, love. Sirius smirked. That's a pretty color on your cheeks, though. Maya frowned. Sirius. I have my moments, you know, he continued, ignoring the look on her face. Moments where I think, now how did I fuck that up? Times when I watch you looking at him and I wonder if you'd ever looked at me that way. I did. Maya admitted sadly, but you ran, and I told you that I wasn't going to wait around for you. And I'm glad you're happy. He's happy. How can I be pissed about any of that? Jealous? Sure, he confessed with a smile, which is why I took this little moment of your time. I'm nothing if not a little selfish. Needed one quick dance to keep me going. What happens when you need another fix? She asked him, frowning. Ah, kitten, I didn't take divination. At your recommendation, I skipped the very class that could have foretold the future and let me know how this whole story ends. Maya rolled her eyes. Divination is rubbish. There, those claws were all so fond of. Am I interrupting? Remus spoke from behind Maya, and she went to separate herself from Sirius. Instead, he dipped her again. Mooney, you're looking suave and sophisticated. Care to cut in? Sirius asked, pulling Maya back up to a standing position. Little witch can't keep up with me. I'll do my best, Pads, Remus said, smiling. Sirius reached out for one of the cups in Remus's hands, downing the contents quickly and then laughing a little. Oh, prongsy. Poor boy dumped the whole bottle in. Better get your fill now before McGonagall has a taste. Now, if you two are done occupying my very limited amount of time, I have a defense professor to pester. While Sirius slipped out of the great hall with great haste, Maya turned back to look at Remus, who was coughing a little after sipping the punch. He's right. This is awful. He winced and handed her the cup to let her have a taste, smiling when, he mim when she mimicked his expression. I'm having flashbacks to the first time I made you try alcohol out of my parents' globe bar. Oh my god, that was so disgusting. <laughs> it was so... It's creme de coco. It was gross. It's chocolate. Well, at the time, it was gross. <laughs> and then you didn't have alcohol again until, like, what, three months after you turned 21? I don't know. Damn, I really wish I remembered what day 
that thing was. I remember the location. I don't remember the day, but I literally remember you calling me and you're like, I need to get drunk and I need to get drunk now. And I was like, yay! <laughs> well, uh, when we went to the Coldplay concert, I did have a drink at Alabama Jack. You're right. We did. Because there's oh, a God, picture of me. Yes. My first legal one. Yeah, we got you the legal drink at Alabama Jack's and then we had that champagne at the hotel. Yes. And then we all got super fucking wasted with the chauffeur who then got wasted with us and defeated the purpose of having a chauffeur. Yeah, right. (laughs) So glad I paid $300 that night to have a driver who got drunk with us. Like, don't get me wrong. We got into some fun clubs, but like, bruh. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I found those pictures the other day. We look really fucking wasted in those photos. I know. Don't even <laughs> remind me. Like, my eyes get all, like... Bro, I, I can... My limit now is, like, a drink and a half. As soon as I hit that two-drink mark, I'm like, I'm going to bed. Night. <laughs> I got old. Yeah, well, after all my shenanigans last year, my body's just like... Okay, we done. <laughs> we done. I seem to remember you having an incident involving Hennessy in the back of a car. But... Halloween Horror Nights? No, it wasn't Hennessy. It was um, Fireball and Pumpkin Moonshine. <gasps> oh, God, that's so much worse. It wasn't mixed together. It was just in the night. Which means it was mixing in your stomach. Yeah, and I puked in the limo, but thank God they didn't charge for the cleaning, but we didn't pay for it, so what do I care? (laughs) Nice. But it it was because I was a sympathetic puker because somebody in there did it first, and then I was like, ah! Oh my God, I'm having flashbacks. Somebody, like, puked in band class in middle school, and we had, like, three sympathetic pukers who all immediately vomited right afterwards and our poor band director was just like oh god oh god oh god please stop please stop <laughs> like yeah. everybody stop throwing up <laughs> it's disgusting anyway dead of time <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys we're digressing more this episode um She laughed and dragged him back over to the punch bowl, where several others had quickly gravitated, filling and refilling their cups. We better follow his advice and drink up before it's too late. Two songs later, James was in the corner of the room being yelled at by an irate Lily who was pointing at the punch bowl. James held his hands up innocently, but Lily grabbed him firmly by the collar of his dress robes, dragging him through the center of the dance floor and over to where Professor McGonagall was sitting. That's our cue to leave. Maya said, swiftly taking Remus's hand and rushing towards the exit before an intoxicated James could accidentally admit they had known his plan all along. Giggling, thanks to the help of the fire whiskey punch, Maya and Remus ran up the large staircase, making their way around the long corridors on their way to the seventh floor in front of the tapestry of Barnabas the Barmy. Before Maya had a chance to ask the room of requirement anything, Remus had her pinned to the wall, lowering his mouth to hers. Soft, warm, and tasting of citrus, sugar, and fire whiskey, Maya melted into his grip, shivering as she felt his hand pressing on the outside of her thigh, hiking her leg over his hip and pressing firmly against her. Room, Maya moaned against his lips. Hmm, 
Remus replied, still kissing her. The room, Remus. She begrudgingly pulled away. I need to create the room. Fuck the room, he growled and broke away from her lips to suck at the place behind her ear. When she meowed quietly, Remus chuckled against her skin and moved in to taste her once more, grinning when she repeated the noise. Remus, she moaned, and he moved from her neck down. Uh, to capture his name as it left her lips, grinning against her as he dug a free hand through her hair, using the leverage to deepen the kiss while his other hand lazily stroked her thigh through the soft silk of her dress. Maya playfully nipped at his lower lip, and the reverberating sound he made against her triggered something in her body, and she felt a rush of warmth cover the skin of her cheeks before moving south, bathing the flesh of her chest, stomach, and thighs in heat. Something deep beneath her navel began to tighten and coil, and she fought tooth and nail against the voice in her head that was screaming out, begging for friction. Remus, we have to stop. Remus immediately put space between them, looking at her, worriedly. Did I do something wrong? Maya exhaled, breathing heavy. Marlin, no. Too right. But there is no way I am ending this perfect evening getting caught by Filch whilst shagging my boyfriend against the wall. Remus paled when she said, shagging, and Maya felt her cheeks flush again. Okay, he nodded, his recent confidence suddenly failing a little. Do you trust me? Maya asked him after a long pause. Remus nodded again. Of course. Do you trust me? With my life. She kissed him, lightly again before she closed her eyes and paced back and forth in front of the stone wall. Wow. Cliffhanger! First it's like, yes, and then he's like, no, and then he's like, yeah, and she's like, no. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. But, Catherine, We are on the cusp of what makes this podcast explicit. Language aside. Are you ready? Uh, To get into some Harry Potter smut. What? 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 what, Yes, I am ready for the the visual and auditory blushing. (laughs) I gotta say, I'm, I'm kind of proud of my voices. I, if I had fewer cares about people finding out things about my employment history i probably could have made a killing in a very very different job field but that's besides the point. <laughs> it's a it's i'm kind of glad i can still get lost in the book while i read because otherwise i'd be very self-conscious about some of the things i say <laughs> I, I was worried about keeping a straight face while reading, but I think I'm going to be able to do it. Okay. I'm not. Right up, <laughs> right up until chapter 85. Then I'm probably going to, to have to, like, apologize to my mother in the first 30 seconds of every episode. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, Kat, so what did you think of this week's chapter? 
It's getting exciting. I cannot wait until the dirty stuff comes, but I am a little bit sick of this back and forth stuff. <laughs> like it's like it's like a ma- it's like a tease. Like the last two chapters, it's like yeah. This is what we like to call in the fan fiction world a slow burn. Yes, very slow burn. But are you enjoying it? I am actually. I I feel like some people are still like yelling at me when they listen to this. Like, how are you not realizing? But that's fine. I don't care. It's okay. I think it's pretty obvious what's going to happen now, which is. Dun, dun, dun. Stick it in the hole. (laughs) Toad in the hole. Toad in the hole. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, why would you say that? That's terrible. I don't know why, but that just reminded me of the toad in the hole that I had at Universal, which was actually terrible, which then reminds me of the Cornish pasties, pasties, pasties I had, which were really good. Okay, it has to be pasty. Pasties are what you put on your nipples. (laughs) That is, that is accurate. That is accurate. Well, get ready for next week. Uh, For our regular listeners, it's going to be a titillating adventure. And for our Patreon subscribers, subscriptors, it is going to be a visual delight. And by visual delight, I mean you get to see my face and cats. Oh, great. Now I have to look more presentable than I have been. Lovely. You've got like a week. You've got a week to prepare. I don't have to prepare. I'm just saying that I've forgotten what it's like to get dressed. Because <laughs> you're in pajamas all the time now. So it's just like, what are clothes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are clothes? More- I'm literally just wearing elephant pants all day, every day. I had to buy two new pairs because I ripped out the crotch of my other ones. <laughs> Which were the ones that were actually from Thailand, which makes me really sad. But these are these were an okay replacement. Speaking of which, if any of our fans are going to Thailand, live near Thailand, have access to Thailand's uh, elephant pants, please let me know. I need more. I will pay. Both for the pants and for shipping. But. Anyways, <laughs> time to thank the people. Yes. And now we would like to thank our dog, stag, and wolf Patreon. We'd like to thank our first little doggy, Bambi here. We'd like to thank our stags. We've got Amanda and Eve. And we would like to thank our wonderful, wonderful wolves. We have Jacqueline, Caitlin, and Maeve. Thank you so much, guys, for supporting us. We really, really appreciate it. And now we would like to thank our fox patreons thank you so much to miriam rachel jackie aguila carissa abigail rebecca becky sandra nevi chelsea ryland Ryder, laura olivia heather ashley claire claire amara jade shannon roshan jillian elise hannah martina Paige, amanda samantha therese sarah danielle miranda caitlin and rin thank you so much for being our fox level patreons And yes, 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 thank you again to all of our Patreon supporters. And Kat? We will see you next Fire Whiskey Friday. Hacha! Hacha.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.